Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sports Unite podcast. This is our wrap-up episode 2021 in a blink of the eye has just gone away. Uh, I'm sure some of you are pretty happy about that, looking forward to 2022 and whatever it might bring. Uh, But we are here to recap the year that was. Um, I know some of us on this podcast here have forgotten quite a few things that happened this year. And that's what these shows are all about. So joining us uh, for this lovely episode, we have returning guest Sophie. Thank you so much for coming back. Thanks for having me. We have uh, everyone's half favorite Montreal fan, (laughs) Kenzie. Hi, everybody. And returning the pain in my side, uh, my brother, Cole. Always a pleasure. And hey, everybody. (laughs) So, um, you know, we have uh, our segments, which we haven't done in a little bit. So we're going to bring it back. One of my favorites, put it on the board because everyone loves making lists. Their entire podcast do lists for movies, for theme park rides, for everything. There's a, a podcast made just for that counting down. And it's always fun to see what people think and where their minds go. So we're going to do a modified put it on the board segment here. And we have two categories Uh, we have and we're doing top five instead of top 10 because top 10 can we might be here forever. Uh, So top five athletes and top five moments of the year. Now, of course, it can be any athlete from professional sport, amateur, the Olympics happened and top five moments. Again, anything that happened throughout the year. And then we'll uh, finish off by getting everyone's uh, opinion on what they're looking forward to in the coming year. Uh, Cause again, it is a Olympic year again, just in uh, less than a month, actually a month starting today, supposedly the Olympics are going to happen. Uh, who knows if <laughs> that's actually going to happen. Like our, Last episode that we uh, recorded, the World Juniors, maybe we <laughs> don't make an Olympic episode and then they actually happen. Well, yeah. I'm not saying we're, we're to fault, but um, so, yeah. uh, sorry, Kenzie, I cannot reimburse you for your uh, travel. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, um, so, yeah, 2021 happened. Uh, Tampa Bay very uh city of champions-esque uh once again uh the buccaneers won the first ever super bowl in their home stadium only took tom brady to do that imagine that uh cole uh does that make you sad does that make you happy you know what what's what's your relationship with tom brady these days It's, it's still pretty solid i mean he got a six super bowls i can't hate the guy uh still would have loved him with the Patriots, but happy he won another one. And now we got Mac and Cheese, Mac Jones. So I'm happy. And we have a back-to-back Stanley Cup winner in Tampa Bay. Um, and even though everyone said that they, uh, they'd be horrible this coming season, uh, that's uh, not quite the case. Whether that's COVID-related or, or not, it's hard to say. 
Oh, it's because um, Kucherov is on the injured reserve again. He's coming back. <laughs> he's coming back. <laughs> Sorry, that was, first. Uh, he's coming. I'm jumping back. the gun. I made a note of that. <laughs> yes, he's still. It, he's. It's like Groundhog Day. He can't come up until it's springtime. So yeah, and play through an injury <laughs> and play. Then. Yeah. Uh, the surprise uh, winner, Milwaukee, finally breaking through and uh, showing that uh, just like Toronto, uh, you don't need to be a major city to actually win and break through. And uh, the Braves, although we're not really going to give MLB the time of day, uh, the Braves, <laughs> the team in the 90s, coming through and making sure the cheater Houston Astros, they're doing everyone's, the fans, good work. And uh, winning the World Series weeks before they are in a lockdown. Uh, we were planning on doing a baseball episode, and uh, all that uh, we'll see. You probably won't because it sounds like you hate them. Uh, I, I <laughs> do not like lockouts, I, it was all for the best. Yeah. Sounds like we're locked out for baseball. Yeah, uh, we're uh, you know, been through a few for hockey and uh. It wasn't really, I was alive, but uh, don't really remember the last lockout in uh, 94 for, or the strike, whatever you want to call it, but that cost Montreal their baseball team. So that, uh, you know, major league doesn't really care about, uh, you know, this is a good, you know, happy podcast. We're not going to talk about our hard feelings. (laughs) Um, You're like saying that through gritty teeth. (laughs) Everything's good. Uh, so, uh, any uh, any other uh, moments uh, from uh, professional sports that you uh, want to talk about that might not appear on any of your lists? That won't wouldn't appear on our list. Yeah, we don't want to, you know, give spoilers or. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna be quiet because I talk too much. Anyways. Oh wait, I'll, I'll give my list later. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we can jump right into it if no one has anything. Um, I'm going to say you said both my honorable mentions, so uh, I'm golden. You're golden. (laughs) All right, so we started off with our top five athletes of 2021. I put Phil Mickelson at number five. Um, I had quite a bit of golfers to pick from, um, but he became the oldest player to win a major this year um, at 50 years old. So he won the PGA championship and he made quite a few um, amazing plays this year, including like a 63 foot birdie putt at the Travelers Championship. Um, And he also became only the second player to win four of his first six PGA Tour championship starts last year. So Phil Mickelson's my number five. It's hard not to, to, you know, as much as Phil gets hate, what's oh, the hate God. about him? It, he's, he's, a, he's a lefty that loves to play golf. That doesn't really care about how, uh, how fit he is or how, uh, how anything. He, he just goes out there and does what he can, and that's an that's a awesome pick. Who would like to go next? Uh, I'll go. Um, my number five, I actually didn't pick a golfer, which I'm surprised I didn't. Uh, number five is Damian Warner for the gold medal winner for Canada for the men's decathlon. Um, he also uh, set the new Canadian record for 
most decathlon points and led the entire uh, decathlon decathlon uh, event. Uh, I absolutely love track and field, and he was a definitely top five for me. Um, who knows what's next for him? I had him at number four for me. I had him also at number three. Oh, nice. <laughs> A um, big audible there. Oh my goodness. Oh. Well, I mean, a decathlon, like you're doing, like track and field in itself is amazing. Um, like your athletic ability, but 10 different events, like just, and being so good at each and of those. Like, three days. It's, like it's hard yeah. to argue. That's insane. And events in three days, which is even crazier. Mm. Yeah. To keep up that same <laughs> athleticism and the momentum all three days is unheard of it's it's insane um track and field is a sport that i coach i also love watching used to participate not so much anymore i throw the heavy stuff that's it um but yeah watching damian warner that was impressive i you know what i i'm a huge track and field fan i i too am a thrower that was my, I used to be a sprinter and then everyone else got faster and I got thicker. So I, uh, I moved <laughs> we, all, to, we, all, we all get thicker, Justin. <laughs> I moved to throwing and became a lot more successful. Um, I, you know what, I, I guess it was the fact that he was, he's had a lot of accolades already with being named the Canadian athlete of the year. I had him on my honorable mentions. That might be a mistake, but that's not to take away what he's done. Um, yeah, so he was on my honorable mentions. We have a uh, we we have an audible. I'm going to assume that he will appear on the 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 podcast list in general, as uh, many people have him. Uh, Kenzie, who is your uh, number five? My number five was Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> uh, seven Super Bowls and the dude's like approaching what 50? 45 maybe? Yeah, I think he's like 40. Like, he's, he's, he's old as the sun for football and he's still putting up huge numbers. He's still successful and he got another Super Bowl and he has a real shot at another one this year. Who knows? He might have 10 before he's done. He's still unbelievable and he's 45. I'm going to have to call Audible. He was my number one. Oh. I actually had him in my top moments, just like him just getting the seventh Super Bowl. Yeah. Him Nicole, and that avocado. Nicole, don't, don't reveal the number you have him at. Just, oh, I'm sorry. Just You're just probably say, never going to have, you're never going to have me back here. <laughs> this is riveting. Our, our fans around the world are going to see this and be like, the virus is alive and well in North America, frying everyone's <laughs> brains. And... That's my excuse. I'm sticking to it. He you was on I... my top choice. Top choice. I'm going to take so long editing this. Oh, my Lord. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So uh, I guess surprisingly, uh, not surprisingly, uh, I did not have Tom Brady on my on my list Uh that's not surprising as, at all for you. As an athlete, I can appreciate, <laughs> uh, but it's a lot more fun 
to to hate him not hate him but root against him even though i know that he's been really good for the game and i'm sure we'll, come, we'll, i'm there with you you know it, it when when you when when he does what he does you just have to go of course he did it like of course there's you can't be mad at it but you can be mad at it uh so my number five athlete i'm not sure if any of you will have uh and kind of surprising um that he made it on the list uh because i again not so happy at baseball right now but uh what Shuate Otani did this past year for baseball, for redefining what people think as a position player, for winning the uh, MVP, uh, for almost beating everyone else at home runs as a pitcher where you don't yeah. bat half the time is just remarkable. He's not, you know, can't even speak English. He comes over and does his job. Uh, and he's clearly put on everyone's radar a, a steal for the Angels. And uh, I think besides what's happening right now, he really invigorated and got people interested in talking about baseball after the fumble that they had in 2020 and the decline in years before of what people think of baseball and where it's heading as a professional sport and its fans. He really got people excited. It, I haven't heard that many people talk about baseball since Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire. Yeah. I had Otani and my honorable mention, actually, he was, he was getting swapped in and out of my top five. So I totally agree with you there. He was in my top five list for reasons already mentioned. <laughs> the home runs, the pitching stats. He's a, he's a freak athlete that hopefully will have a wonderful career and get the joy of winning a championship. Whether it's on the Angels, I don't know, because they were... Yeah. But... <laughs> maybe... Maybe baseball will just have a like a fantasy draft. They'll just release all the players and we'll have a that's how they'll get everyone back interested in baseball redraft of all the players <laughs> never happened but one can dream i'd start watching baseball if that happened right I, i'm telling mlb this is how you win back fans all right sophie who is your number four um i had damian warner there oh right right yeah four Excellent. All right. Cole, who is your number four? My number four is, it was tricky. I didn't really know where to kind of place him, but I wanted him on there is Alfonso Davies. I know it was the year before where he had like the whole Champions League win with Bayern Munich and everything. Um, but with the 2021 season and him bringing all that kind of spark to the men's uh, World Cup qualifying team. I feel he did nothing but put on a show all year long. And he deserves it. And I'm so glad to finally see players willing to play for a Canadian national team other than hockey. Cool. 
not to mention his age. Like he's so young. He made my honorable mention list. He, having seen him play live, he is on another level, and it's he's a remarkable athlete. I think we're seeing a resurgence of young athletes in different sports, not just focused on one for Canada. I think, I think we're in an awakening for uh, for many athletics that are not hockey for for Canada. Kenzie, who is your number four? My number four was Damian Warner. Damian Warner. So my number four is someone that got a lot of people talking. Uh, a lot of lot of hate was thrown at them. Uh, unwarranted people who don't understand, and people who just think that uh well that comes from the american side uh but my number four athlete was uh, or is uh, simone biles for all her work uh for the pressure that she faced and for her to go you know what my mental health is not right right now even though this is the olympics and it happens once every four years and i'm expected to be gold or don't come home i'm not going to participate which i don't think anyone saw coming and it opened up a huge discussion uh, about athletes mental health uh, performance anxiety expectations the world stage not even talking about a pandemic and uh, i think it's uh, a start in the right direction that i don't no one saw coming and especially from who it came from. And I think it's going to revolutionize. It's going to take some time because of how much hate was <laughs> brought up. Um, but for anyone who suffers from mental health from the pandemic before um, she really became a symbol for uh, many, many people and gave a voice uh, not seen before especially for athletics where it's something that you just didn't talk about so to have it happen on the world stage in the biggest sporting event in the world with uh everyone watching uh it's hard not to to recognize her bravery and uh, what she's done for millions of people i totally agree with that um she's a big mental health advocate and I think it did take a lot, a lot of courage to be able to say, like, I can't, I can't go ahead and perform. There was an interview saying, like, she just, she literally felt like she had the world on her shoulders because the USA team was depending on her for a lot of the events to place. And um, that kind of segues into one of my athletes that are further up, but um, you definitely have to commend what she has done. And especially for gymnasts, they only have a short window to compete at that elite level, right? Um, it's just, you know, body chemistry and the way it is. So for her to know that that's probably going to be her last Olympics, it says a lot that she prioritized herself. And it was, it was good to see, honestly. 
All right, Sophie, who is your number three? Um, it is Alexander Ovechkin. We are big OE fans in this household, despite being Blackhawks fans. Well, that's kind of pending this year. Um, Ovechkin could probably be like further up on my list, but um, just watching him play not only this year, but just following his career. Um, I mean, he's chasing Gretzky's all-time goal record and he may or may not get there. He will come pretty close. I'm pr- that's like, I'll guarantee you that. He kind of seems unstoppable. Like he drinks Dr. Pepper on the friggin' bench for Christ's sake. Sorry, I'm not sure if I can swear on there. Oh, um, you can swear. Go right ahead. <laughs> I've said a lot and, worse on this podcast. <laughs> uh, it's really hard for me to rein in the swearing because, like, I can't swear, obviously, at work because, like, I'm working with youth. And then I come home and every second word's an F-bomb. Um, so I'll try to be civil here. Um, so, like, of, again, Ovechkin, he, I think he just recently got the power play goal record, too, with 275. Like, that's unreal. And to think about what he's done this season, I know, like, it's only – like it's halfway through and I don't know, it seems kind of like at a pause for some of it right now, but I didn't realize Backstrom was out of the um, lineup for quite a bit of it. And Ovechkin was still able to perform. And then you realize once Backstrom came, the chemistry lit up again. And also just kind of his social media presence, like the commercials that he does, I just find very amusing. <laughs> He's a funny dude. I'll give you that. Yeah. yeah. Not the prettiest looking, but very, very talented. But that summer of Rovechkin was just so funny. Oh uh, my gosh, I go back to that all the time. Like just drunk the whole time. It was great. He was on a high. Like I was well, I was just listening to the Chicklets podcast. They had Oshi on this week. And they're like, Did you like was this that like your biggest celebration or whatever? He like peaced out after three days. Like he couldn't keep up. Like it, it was the summer of Ovi and Ovi honestly went it, three months. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was honestly really nice to see like we've all been cheering for him um and like when i first started watching the nhl i was um i can't remember what year it was but the capitals were like in the playoff race and i was a big holpy fan and my husband has been a big ovechkin fan like he has this jersey he was supposed to go see um a sabers and capitals game i think uh in 2020 before the pandemic hit they were going down to buffalo to play an atc hockey tournament so we are Blackhawks fans in this household, but we still carry a torch for Ovi. We got the little pop figure, we got the jersey. He'll always be he, in our hearts. <laughs> he's one of those players that universally you, you have to love him. Like a Tom Brady. Yeah. He like and I'd argue I'd argue with that because a lot of people don't like Tom Brady. <laughs> well, well, true, but he, he's gonna be one of those players in 10, 20 years when a new generation is coming up. It's like us. You know, I never got to see Wayne Gretzky play in in live. I, I wasn't yeah. old enough to buy tickets. Uh, you know, didn't really go to NHL games all that often before he retired. So, and one of those players that you're going to be like, like you wish you were alive to see him play when he did. Yeah, uh, it, it's remarkable what he's doing what he's done for the game, what he's done for team Russia, uh, what he's done uh, like for Washington as a team community. He just, there's nothing, nothing about him when his career is done. That's going to go, ah, like, I don't, I don't know. Like he's won his champion. Well, hopefully he can win one more, but he's gotten to the pinnacle. He won a Stanley cup. 
he partied for three months <laughs> he and then he came back and was like all right let's keep scoring like he, he didn't stop it but like oh well i won my championship that's uh, good enough for me he continues to to battle maybe an olympic gold medal is the only thing missing because he loves to play for for team russia but the, you can't not cheer for the guy he's gonna be playing yeah. when like he's like 60 for team russia let's be real he, he, he will play until <laughs> he, he gets that gold medal at the olympics yeah and that's the thing he like uh, he is getting older but he's still dominated and when it comes to that goal record i think it's not if he does it i think like he will when? continue to play until he does yeah. break that record i don't see him yeah, stopping can. before that record comes is i think you can see it in how he's playing too it's it, he looks like he wants it and he looks like okay what's what do i get average per season let's make this a little quicker mm-hmm. yeah yeah I don't want to stick around too long <laughs> Uh, Kenzie, who is your number three? Shohei Otani. Good choice. Good choice. My number three. MVP. Unicorn for baseball. (laughs) Not seen since Babe Ruth. So my number three, uh, I I will tell you this. Every athlete from here on out uh, is... I guess some are professional, um, but uh, they are mostly featured or you will hear their names uh, at the Olympics. And then unless you follow them in their sports afterwards or follow the sport afterwards, uh, you won't hear them until the Olympics roll around. So my number three is uh, the top female athlete for the 2020 Summer Games, Maggie McNeil. And what she started for uh, Canada, for swimmers, um, is the next round. It just seems like a new swimming prodigy is coming out of the woodworks for Canada now, ever since uh, it started, I guess, 2016, uh, 2012, didn't really but that was the catalyst to 2016 and now 2020 uh brought us a a huge load of new swimming stars uh that i don't think we were prepared for and uh maggie mcneil was the catalyst to that uh she seems like she's way down to earth very humble and just enjoys the heck out of swimming and is so proud to represent Canada, uh, to carry the flag, and the just the fact that on her face, she loves to swim. And the fact that she can't see without her glasses and can't see where she finishes after races is also very cute. And it's just, it's so wholesome. It's, it's like, it's so wholesome. And... <laughs> Uh, that that adds to the lore, I think, of of Maggie McNeil, and for her to get named the top athlete, uh, top women's athlete for the Olympics is, I, I mean, it's something that I don't really remember hearing about that they gave out those awards, uh, which means I don't know how many Canadians have won that award, both male or female, in the past. So that just shows what uh, she did. 
uh, in Tokyo. All right, Sophie, who is your number two? Did Cole have a number three? Whoa. Oh, I <laughs> Well, you know. Your brother. Just, ah, it was bound to happen. It. So. I got All right, back. Cole, who is your number three? Thank you, Sophie. <laughs> My number three is also a swimmer uh, for Team Canada, Penny Alexiak. Oh, that is uh, that's that a good is, choice. That is a that is a audible, sir. That is a audible, sir. For you, maybe not me. <laughs> um, I mean, seven Olympic medals, the most decorated Olympian for Team Canada. She's an incredible swimmer at age twenty-one. I mean, going into this year, people thought she aged out. And that she was going to be too old to swim, which is uh, kind of weird in a sense, because people thought she kind of just slowly, like you didn't hear from her for a little bit. And then that's because she was in high school. Exactly. Forget that. (laughs) I mean, I'm so glad she didn't listen to her high school guidance counselor who told her to quit swimming, that it would take her nowhere. And now she came back from the Olympics being the most decorated Olympian for Canada. So I think the guidance council needs a new job. Kenzie, as an educator, how do people like that get jobs (laughs) in the education field? I really don't know. Especially in a large place like uh, the GTA, where jobs are not a plenty. Yeah, I guess they're just hiring people to fill roles at that point. You look like you can guide people. Not well. <laughs> My life's a mess. And you want me to tell other people what to do? Good Lord, I'll do it. <laughs> that, that counselor feels bad now. <laughs> uh, I think there's a, a reason why the name was never provided. So. <laughs> <laughs> but people know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure people can investigate it real easy, so. All right, Sophie, who is your number two? Uh, Suni Lee, actually, is my number two. Um, As a gymnastics coach, I follow gymnastics quite closely. Um, I would have put Biles on the list, but uh, what Suni Lee did after Biles um, bravely stepped out or for the team final, like all the weight basically for U.S. to medal was on Suni Lee's shoulders and she had to compete on floor because of that um and she became the first ever Hmong I may be saying that incorrectly uh, American Olympic gymnast and she went on because I think Biles went did compete a beam after because that was the last uh individual um but watching Suni Lee's un, uh, uneven bar routine and just knowing how difficult that routine is and how perfectly executed it was it was just a big commendation like I couldn't say more good things about her and just watching her just be so young and just so like I don't know how to describe her personality but it's just like it's gracious it's very like she's very likable and with Simone backing out it kind of opened up the field of gymnastics and it kind of helped SUNY shine like it gave her an opportunity to shine and she really did she stepped up to it so SUNY Lee is my second I really like that choice because I like how you said that because really it was Simone Biles and you didn't really know a lot of the other 
U.S. gymnastics unless yeah. you strictly follow gymnastics alone. Um, so it really shined a light on her and what they're capable of. Exactly. It was actually quite interesting to watch um, gymnastics after Simone kind of stepped back because we knew she, we know like she is a phenomenal athlete. Simone Biles is a great athlete, no matter what. Um, but with her stepping back, it almost gave not just like the other U.S. athletes a chance to shine, but like you saw Brazil be able to medal um, just watching all the other athletes. It was more of an even playing field, if that makes sense, because USA always goes in heavily favorited. Um, same with Russia. And you kind of just see only so many countries kind of battle for the top spots. But really, it was an open field, this Olympics. And um, yeah, Suni Lee really shone. And um, like it was it was really unbelievable watching her. Now, I am biased because I am a gymnastics coach, but um, it is incredible what some of those athletes can do. It was, it was almost like she probably not, but it was almost like she went and went to Simone. and was like, don't worry, I got you. Yeah. And like we, we saw essentially the future because yeah, gymnastics has such a short window unless you were uh, the uh, Romanian gymnast oh, yeah. who's been to seven yeah. Olympics. And like Komonishi, com- Nadia Komonishi. Yeah, who's yeah. competed for more than one country because technically her country did not exist when she started to compete at the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, you you just it, it has to be such a short window, and for someone uh, to come in so young and be like, "It's okay, like uh, I got you. You've you've done so much work," is really remarkable and something that I kind of forgot happened this year, which shows you how much happened uh, in a short amount of time. A lot of hap- a lot happened though this uh, year. So. A lot <laughs> happened. Uh, Kenzie, who is your number two? My number two comes from the track and field world, distance runner Mo Ahmed. That's a great oh, choice. Oh, great choice. Great Silver choice. medal in the five... Five thousand meters. Um, he we lost that race by basically a hair. Like, it shouldn't happen in five thousand meters. No, Although it's turning no. into a sprint these days, so it is. Yeah, he his time was twelve fifty eight. So five kilometers in twelve minutes is uh, insane. It's fast. That's and more than double of my been... personal best of five k. So. Yeah, me too. Um, and he just seemingly just rises to the occasion in these big races. And this year he had a great season. So yeah, Mo Ahmed, number two. Good and he's, he's just getting started. So absolutely. Cole, who is your number two? Oh, thank you for asking. Remembering my you number time? two. <laughs> <laughs> my number two. <laughs> is the golden boy Andre de Grasse. He was uh he was up there on my list too but he made an honorable mention. Finally taking that 200 meter gold the year after Usain Bolt. I mean they almost had that pretty high five moment during the semifinals of that race last Olympics so it was just that time for Andre to finally get it and especially with the slow start off the starting blocks he 
knew he had to get it done after not getting the 100 meter. And he wasn't losing that one. Yeah, he was on my honorable, honorable mentions list as well. Uh, I mean, what can you say? He's He's been the the heart of the, the sprints for, for Canada. And uh, there was a lot of doubt going in uh, this Olympics, whether he could step up, uh, step out of the shadows of Usain Bolt. And no one quite knew what was going to happen since he retired and uh, in, in either the sprints or the, or the relays. So uh, I think uh, we're heading into the, the new beyond future in sprinting uh and uh i don't think it's going to be held by just one person i think we're we're in for a myriad of new athletes and maybe uh, a record or two eventually being broken in the next decade and uh my number two is the uh the audible from cole is uh penny how, how can you not put her in a top two? She's the most decorated athlete in Canadian history. Her fucking guidance counselor told her to stop being a kid and focus <laughs> and on <the> something. <laughs> what is financials uh, good? Are you, are you telling her like she was in fucking high school when she grade 10, when she became a household name and then had to finish high school and start university and then bear the weight of a nation because everyone was like, well, we're only going to win like two medals because of Penny. Like, so just a remarkable athlete and she can continue. She's, she's 20, 20, I guess 21 since it's, it was 2021. Yeah. So that's hard to believe that she's so young. She's like... so young. Yeah. And she's got a whack load of teammates behind her now that are even younger it's a freaking we could be talking in four years we could be talking about the summer of summer who's freaking 14 even younger than penny yeah so yeah exactly i think at least the women's side of swimming is uh in good hands and uh, uh it's all essentially thanks to to penny nicely put all right we've reached our number ones Sophie, who is your number one athlete? Uh, Novak Djokovic is my number one. He, um, I'm not a big tennis fan, but uh, we watch it here and there. But I do like to follow the greats. And he's tied with Federer and Nadal right now at 20 career Grand Slam wins. And he's obviously going to break that. He's become the first man in the open era to win a career Grand Slam twice. He finished number one uh, for a record seventh year. He broke Federer's record for most weeks spent at number one in the world rankings. And he beat Nadal at the French Open this year, or sorry, last year, um, in just four sets. Like, it's amazing what he has accomplished at his age. And he continues to go, like, lightning speed ahead. Now, do we like... Novak these days because of what he's yeah um it's he's not like the most likable athlete and I mean like I was looking up some things and like I think because I think the Aussie Open is first and Mm -hmm. he's 
still trying to find a medical exemption um, for not yeah. having the vaccine. So magically, I got to find a medical exemption when you say you have one, and then they're like, yeah. "Okay, where is it? Oh, it's, it's in uh, it's in my other bag." You know? <laughs> so if you're taking like off court antics into consideration, I wouldn't put him at number one. Um, that is purely based on athletic ability and just what he can do on the court. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a three-way race. It's, I mean, people who say tennis is boring where we're in the golden age where three men are battling for the most grand slams ever. And they're all playing at the same time. When in, you're never going to see that again, does that happen? You have three of the greatest overlapping and in their prime at the same time it's not like arnold palmer jack nicholas where they you know briefly but it wasn't they were competing every single tournament in their prime but uh, you are correct i think his his uh pandemic nonchalance and uh, i might have a medical exemption or i'm just don't want the vaccine position that's tef- like I definitely Cur- don't agree with that part. Yeah, like, cur- currently, don't. it's I think it might be hurting his and the fact that he can't get into Australia to, um, yeah, he can't get his he defend can't get his, his visa. title. So, but that, I mean that's that's what we're discovering that countries can put in whatever they want and same thing with Canada. It's starting in, in a it week. Feels or like so, a 1984 you, novel. It, <laughs> <laughs> but you cannot deny the man's uh, athletic powerness uh what he's done for tennis what he's done for uh his country uh so yeah that's a great choice kenzie who is your number one for number one i actually have two athletes (laughs) Uh, i'm terrible and couldn't decide a number between the two so they're Uh, tied so they're tied the Canadian um, way. First one is Karsten Varholm, the 400-meter sprinter. Broke his own world record several times this year. Um, and for people who may not be track and field versed or watch it or even care, running 400 meters in 45 seconds is insane. Running 400, meter, running 400 meters with hurdles in the way is even crazier. That's, that's pretty that's, fast. That is crazy. I think... I ran a hundred meters in 30 seconds. So let's be real here. Yeah. Like I, I used to as well sprint, like Justin said, when he was younger, and yeah. I got thicker and started to throw things. Um, I tried running a 400 meters and it took me like a minute and a half when I was, you know, younger, which is double and he's jumping over stuff. I wasn't jumping over stuff. So to me, that's impressive. The second and the reason he's tied is another impressive feat in track and field. Ryan Krauser. Uh, shot put winner from the Olympics. He yeah, also I broke Randy Barnes's record for indoor and outdoor in the last year. Randy Barnes held the record for shot put both indoor and outdoor for 32 years. 1989. Ryan Krauser not just not just beat those records, he shattered them both. That is crazy. Um, to me, who throws a shot put now uh that's stupefyingly far how far he can throw it for those of you that haven't seen his outdoor record you can google it it's on youtube it's impressive and he knows he gets it as soon as he releases it 
He's a so, he's a big man. Reason, those two. He is a big boy. He is, yeah. Two. Um, six foot seven, three hundred and twenty pounds. He's a big fella. Um, and for that reason, those two guys are number one because their feats of athletics are mind-boggling to me. Uh, Cole, we already know who you're. Who who's your number one? Audible, Mr. Tom Brady. I mean, what can you say about him? Even his avocado ice cream is good. Or should I say his avocado tequila? Yeah. Chucking the Lombardi across the boat. Uh, you, you can't, as much as people hate on him, coming from a New England fan, I'll always love him. He's a great player. He keeps continuing going the distance, and he's he looks younger. I mean, he's got that Benjamin Button thing going for him. Aging backwards. <laughs> it's honestly like he can hang it up any day but I don't think he will not if he's still playing like he is he just wants to keep everyone on their toes yeah Aaron Rodgers tries that and everyone's like oh you're boo and oh it's because Aaron Rodgers is weird <laughs> Tom Brady doesn't like- have to and people just go like is he gonna retire he doesn't have to say anything and there's a mystery about him. All right. So my number one, I guess this is my my theme, which will go into the top moments. Um, but my number one is uh, the new Minister of Defense, uh, Stephanie Labay, who essentially won the gold medal for the women's soccer team with her outstanding keeper during the whole tournament. Uh, She kept everyone on the toes, especially if you have not seen the gold medal match, I recommend it. Penalty kicks, the dramatics had everything. And uh, she stepped up to the challenge, uh, defeated the Americans, which Canada had to do, slay the dragon to get to the gold medal game. And finally, after two previous Olympics with a heartache, uh, they were able to win the gold medal. And so my number one athlete is uh, Keeper, who is now a finalist uh, for Keeper of the Year for the FIFA Awards, is uh, Stephanie Labay. Those are our top five picks. Kind of all over, but we do have overlap and um, I mean, we have four solid that kind of over, over hit. Um, would, we have uh, Damien Warner, Chuate Otani, Penny Alessiak, uh, Andre DeGrasse, and Tom Brady seem to be the consensus top five. Put them in whatever order you guys want. Um, they really... Uh, yeah, the, those were the overarching. Those are our top five athletes. Now, let's get into our top moments of 2021. Uh, same kind of thing. We'll go five, four, three, two, one. Uh, this one might be even wackier. So uh, we might be pulling stuff out of the woodworks. Uh, Sophie. What is your number five moment of 2021? 
have the U.S. Open final with the two teens, Layla Fernandez and Emma, I'm not even going to try to butcher her last name, from Britain there. Um, it was amazing to watch how, like, wherever they seated going into the tournament, I'm sure they were just happy to be able to make the cut and just to watch them beat all the seasoned veterans and just go to an unbelievable final. Like, it was it was brilliant to watch. I'm so upset I forgot about that. That seems <laughs> that, so long ago. It, it does. Well, I that mean, was, that, that was, was a September. hell of a ride. That, those two weeks, I've never been, I don't think I've been a bigger tennis fan. And I'm not a tennis fan, to be honest. Like, I'm not the biggest tennis fan. And it's really funny for me to be able to follow that. But just watching Layla Fernandez be um, so graceful at, I think she's 16, like so young. Um, they played on September 11th in New York. So, you know, the emotions are there. And she was just so kind um, in her speech afterwards. And that's really, the it's hopefully the start for um, Canadian women's tennis. Um, she was teetering like on my athletes, but I decided to move it to a moment because I, I want to mention her regardless. I remember watching that. It was unbelievable match. The only time I've bet on tennis oh. was because <laughs> of her. And yeah, uh, she, she's, I mean, I'm sure if we made a list of up and coming athletes or ones to watch in the next five years, she would be high, high up there. She, you know, she's going to be at the Australian Open. Uh, I know she's at the the feeder tournament. I'm not sure if she's qualified. I think she's qualified, but she was in the feeder tournament anyways. So it, what a, what a story. Yeah. So much happened last year. Oh my goodness. You had a lot of moments to pick from. So lot, yeah, <laughs> not shy. I, if, if none of us have a, a matching moment, I'm not going to be shocked. So Cole, what is your number five moment? My number five moment uh, would be watching the women's skateboarding for the first time at the Olympics. I mean, seeing girls age 13, 16, and 19 dominate on the world stage and win, uh, win gold medals, silver medals, bronze medals for their countries for the first time is just insane. It goes to show you how far the sport of skateboarding really has come from just the X Games to now an Olympic event. And now you're going to start to see the up and coming ages of kids actually wanting to skateboard again. And there's so much, there's so, it goes to show you how far you can go now in skateboarding. For me, that was pretty cool. Uh, again, another top moment skateboarding joining the olympics and proving all those parents wrong that it's just for hooligans and <laughs> but yeah you can be a olympic athlete that's a that's a great choice my number five and i'm kind of shocked that it it was this low but i mean what can you do uh my number five uh, moment of the year was and this might be on other people's but Canada returning to the Stanley Cup finals it had been 
uh, 11 years or 10 years since a, a team from Canada made the Stanley Cup finals during a pandemic where everyone had a lot more free time on their hands and looking for something to watch. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens captivated and said, we got you. I mean, they didn't win, but uh, they were able to reach the Stanley Cup finals and captivated a country when, you know, we kind of needed it and uh, yeah, made everyone remember why Canada loves hockey. So that's my number five uh, moment was Canada as a whole returning to the Stanley Cup finals. Kenzie, what is your number five moment? Exactly what you just said. (laughs) Hot damn. (laughs) It's like you read my mind. Um, But no, basically for, for me being a fan, um, not remembering their last cup, which was 94. I was alive, but it was only five years old not really watching hockey, not really understanding what the whole thing going on was. So didn't care at that point um, to see my team get back to almost the pinnacle of hockey was fantastic to watch as a fan, everybody counting them out, including myself. Um, <laughs> there is podcast. That. <laughs> I think no one um, really counted them out until um, they met Vegas, honestly. Yeah, I I personally had them counted out against the Leafs. Really? <laughs> well, just look at how the teams are. We were the last team. In. True, but um, we, we also are like anti-Leafs in this household, so we knew they were going to choke. So. Oh yeah, I, I, <laughs> I bet I money on them. They're still going to play the game. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Montreal's Cup run number five. Nice. All right, Sophie. What is your number four? Um, Tom Brady's seventh Super Bowl win. Um, I know you guys put him up there in the top athlete, but um, I just moved it to a moment because, I mean, I'm don't watch football honestly, like it's not my jam. Um, but I will follow the greats like I normally do. Um, but he joins Peyton Manning as one of the only quarterbacks to win with two different teams. Um, I don't think he's ever going to go back to the Patriots, but like he proved it this year, or sorry, last year, um, by winning as. A buccaneer like he didn't need the patriots so it's it was just kind of nice to watch um he's also one of the oldest players too i think like to continue playing in the sport um so you got to give him kudos like as much as you love to hate him um what he did was amazing and it is kind of exciting sometimes to watch i hate to admit great choice sophie <laughs> <laughs> figured you like that one cole <laughs> You, you, you love to hate him, but you can't deny the man pisses excellence. And I'm sure he he has remnants of the Lombardi trophy in his veins. It's it's hard not to, you know, put him up there as the greatest ever. And, uh, you know, he's you know, he can keep playing. The team will pay him to play until he finally says, uh, you know what? I'm bored of this. The argument that like, Oh, there's nothing for left for him to prove. He should just retire. Okay. That you could say that, Oh, Jeff Bezos has made billions of dollars. He's got nothing left to prove. He should just retire. Like <laughs> people are just angry that he keeps winning. So yeah. Brady's just going to become like, if he retires, like he probably doesn't want to, cause he's going to be bored. So yeah. 
He could be, but he doesn't want to be a house husband. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he'll be a hockey dad now. He yeah. Does. All right, Cole, what is your number four? This was a tough one. I almost kind of forgot about it. Uh, my number four is going to be uh, all the upsets uh, during March Madness this year. Uh, for March Madness, I feel like you always got to vote for some upsets when you fill out your brackets, but nothing like what happened this year. From Oral Roberts, number 15, beating Ohio State. Uh, number 13, North Texas beating number four, Purdue. And my favorite, uh, number eight, Loyola University with Sister Jean beating number one, Illinois, in the second round. Uh, I love March Madness. It's so much fun to watch. I always lose in my <laughs> brackets after the first, like, two, three days, if I'm lucky. Uh, but, yeah, that's definitely one of my top moments. Never discount Sister Jean. She's she's done it before and she came <laughs> back. So, isn't she like a hundred now? Did she turn? I think so. A hundred. So my number four moment uh, kind of coincides with the the Olympics. Was this was the summer uh, of the girl, the Olympic movement for Canada uh, was driven by directed captained and anchored by uh female athletes and uh it's been a long time coming i think we saw a shift in the early 2000s and those uh young athletes have grown up have trained and now they are reaping uh, the benefits uh, I remember being in high school and they started to do women in sport day. And of course your high school kids were like, why isn't there boy in sport day? Like that's no fear. Well, that's because, <laughs> you know, centuries of oppression and unfair, uh, you know, meant that they were not allowed to play sports until a certain time. So any high school person listening to this thing and they're cool saying something like that um read a book and that <laughs> uh and uh now that we're seeing equality uh more than ever in sports in olympics in funding well we're not there yet but uh it, it's it's getting to a point where that's where it's going to be those days of women in sport uh, because it's been um, way more than 10 years since I've been in high school, at least graduated. So add a few years to that. Uh, those women that were able to participate, uh, maybe fell in love with the sport, started and kept training. And, you know, some of them have become Olympic athletes and are winning medals and driving uh, Athletics Canada uh, in many different sports to greatness and we're starting to see that we're seeing it in younger and younger athletes and again i think it's a, a big turning point and canada is going to come out of a lot of shadows uh and underneath other opponents in the coming years in many different sports not just professional sports so summer of the girl is my number four kenzie what is your number four 
Tampa Bay, also known as Title Town. Um, Stanley Cup, Tampa Bay back to back. I know it was mentioned earlier on, kind of in our preamble, but um, yeah, the back to back cups, as well as the Super Bowl won by the Buccaneers, and how close the Rays came to playing in the World Series and had a real shot at winning. Had they yeah. got um, so just all the success in Tampa Bay recently, that would be my number four moment. They already Bay. have the sun and the weather. Can they not like hog everything? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tampa was actually my um, in another one of my top moments. But yeah, I totally agree with you there. Just because you can have a boat parade in February doesn't mean that you have to rub it in. I would. All right, Sophie, what is your number three? Uh, going off of Kenzie there, it was um, more specifically like Tampa Bay Lightning winning back-to-back Stanley Cups. Um, I kind of groaned when they did it because like whether or not you agree what they did with Kucherov and him coming back, whatever, I still like Kucherov. He, he got me points. <laughs> he got me points in my hockey pool, so I can't really argue with him there. It's just hilarious. It's just hilarious that like whatever happened like during the Stanley Cup and he did all that and then like the start of the season, he's just like back on the injury it's just hilarious like all the memes that came of it but um just Vasilevsky like being an unreal goalie um he played every game of the playoffs and he definitely deserved the con Smythe um and I'm a big fan of Pat Maroon the big rig um so just watching him be able to win three back to back like um his first was St. Louis back then and then the two with Tampa it was just um it's really it was really good to watch even though we were secretly pulling for the Habs as like Canadians. Um, yeah, it was just in a year that was very difficult for them to, uh, again, continue like normal or as normal as they could be. It was uh, nice to see hockey coming back. There's only one big rig in hockey and that's Chris Phillips. Okay. He stole the <laughs> He's going to pass the name on. He is funny because Chris Phillips started a restaurant called Big Rig in Ottawa. Oh, did he? When when I found out that Pat Maroon's name was, I was like, is that trademark? Like, can he? I don't know. And I don't really, I don't even know who really called. Well, like, because I listened to Chicklets and like listening to him, like those. So they got him like post Stanley Cup win. I don't know if you guys listened to that podcast. But um, it's hilarious to listen to Maroon because he was so drunk afterwards, like so drunk and like trying to drive back and everything. It was like hilarious, like him as a player and just him as a personality. um, I really like I hate Stamkos for some reason and I still don't know why. And I think that's why I I don't know, like me and my husband talk about it. I was like, I didn't want Tampa to win because of Stamkos. And I was like, well, that's not really fair. Um, I don't I have no idea why. Um, But um, yeah, they did. They did really well. Like you got to give them kudos. All right, Cole. What is your number three? My number three is Canada men's soccer uh, being awarded 130 points in FIFA ranking, moving up a total of 32 spots uh, to number 40 in one year after the dominant domination in the year that they've had with the world cup qualifier uh you can't 
it's incredible to see what they've done and finally grown the sport of soccer in Canada. Um, and it's I definitely great to see also that moment uh, when they scored in Hamilton and just the whole team went to dive in the snow pile. It's like, where else would you see that in a soccer game? Only in Canada. <laughs> so uh, my number three is uh... – Penny again becoming uh, the most decorated athlete. I mean, all of Canada's most decorated athletes when you get past more than two medals. You know, Penny now sitting atop alone with seven is uh, just remarkable for what she's done. And uh, yeah, Cindy Clausen, Andre de Grasse now has uh, tied Cindy Clausen with six. Uh, Clara Hughes also has six as well. So she was tied with Cindy Clausen. Uh, Jenna Hefford uh, and Haley Wickensheiser have five, which is in ice hockey, which is just remarkable. That means, yeah, it's really hard. Five, to get. That, that's five Olympics because you can only win one a year. So <laughs> speed skating. And she's athletic, a doctor now. <laughs> Wickensheiser, sorry. Yeah. Like just unbelievable. Uh, it's, you know, when you can be in a sport where you can have the opportunity to win multiple medals. That's uh, that helps. Uh, but Penny did it in two, two Olympics and, you know, one gold, three silver, three bronze. And she's 21 will be 24 come the next uh, Olympics in Paris. And, you know, the sky's the limit if she wants and when you look at all the athletes that have even five or more, um, you know, from where they're, uh, you know, Francois-Louis Tremblay, uh, short track, if you watch short track with Marc Agnon, Charles Amel, uh, Amlin, sorry, uh, he might be coming back for this one. Scott uh, Moyer and Tessa Virtue, they have five uh, out of three Olympics. Uh, Haley Wickenheiser. Claire Hughes, Cindy Clausen. Many people thought that that was not achievable. And yet here we are. And Andre de Grasse, he might be back in 2024 because he's still fairly young. Um, you know, swimming uh, or track and field, just like you're sprinting anyways, just like gymnastics, you have a kind of a short window to be the fastest in the world. Yeah. Um, there are very few specimens that hold on <laughs> uh, for more than uh, you know two olympic cycles so uh yeah i she's just killing it and uh she made a lot of people swimming fans and people want to pick up swimming when you have an athlete like that can that can uh, dictate a sport and get people in a country to pick up and start to do that sport you know you've got something agree absolutely what is your number three number three is the pandemic olympics <laughs> um, no fans pumped in crowd noise that was weird <laughs> um don't know about the rest of you but watching some of those olympic sports especially the track and field stuff because i just kind of gravitate towards that um it's weird, especially when you're watching high jump and you get the fans into it, clapping and cheering and 
trying to pump the athlete up and there was just nothing you could hear yeah. and it was weird watching olympics with no fans no cheering no nothing it was strange it, it was very i think the crowd noise i think made it more strange yeah like, obviously we were used to no fans and stands watching hockey and uh, football but when the olympics you know you have a giant stadium and you're getting the clapping like you said for the high jump and you're like what where's that coming from it's not in my like, <laughs> headphone like so it's and every time where you can hear the athletes when they mess up just like swear or yell yeah. stuff or yeah. uh, they're so hyped and you just hear the echo reverberate after like a good throw you're like whoa you're like less filtered <laughs> so uh hopefully this is the only well beijing's gonna be the exception as well but uh, hopefully come 2024 uh we will have uh a lot more crowd noise and even louder all right sophie number two um, you touched on this earlier when you mentioned Simone Biles and your top athletes. Um, I just has as a moment, like the athletes prioritizing mental health and stepping forward as advocates. Um, there's a big light on mental health now and people are starting to realize like it's there. We're trying to still fight the stigma on it. Um, so again, like Simone Biles saying that like she was not in a state to continue. Um, also like her getting in the twisties when she was practicing vault. So if you guys don't know, that's when you lose your sense of where you are when you're tumbling in the air. So as a gymnast, that can be very scary. And for her to be able to prioritize and say, like, again, this was the biggest stage, probably her last Olympics. Um, and she's like, no, I'm going to focus on myself. Uh, same with Naomi Osaka. She withdrew from the French Open. She prioritized herself. She wasn't in a space to compete mentally and a lot of people will say that makes athletes weak um, because they have to be tough mentally, but I think it's just, they were able to shine more of a light on it this year. And uh, it's real as someone who struggles with mental health, it's really good to see that um, a lot of people are stepping forward, advocating for it and just talking about it now um, to try to take away the stigma from it. Very well said. It, it's something that has to be out there. And I think that's the old way of talking you know, oh, suck it up, or you have to be tough, or there's being tough, and then there's, you know, knowing your boundaries, and mm -hmm. uh, we're we're at we're at the crossroads of, you know, the old versus, you know, the new. Just because that's how the old way was doesn't mean that's how it should be, and uh, we're I, I'm I'm personally happy that we are there, and uh, we're part of we're part of the change. All right, Cole, what is your number two? I'm going to call Audible because mine was the exact same as Sophie's. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles. I, and I honestly couldn't say that better myself of what you said. Um, they opened the door. I'm a huge advocate for mental health. I work with a lot of mental health clients and it's, it's so good to see that door finally start to open and that stigma lowered in sports. Because for us, we think people are superheroes playing sports. They're invincible. We see athletes making X amount of dollars. They should be able to do whatever, but that's not the case. And people need to see that they're actually human. And this was Absolutely. the first step in a long time 
where you actually saw it in a while where nothing was going on because of the pandemic, but Olympics. And that's where the world was focused on. And I'd say the pandemic. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. I was just going to say I kudos them for doing that. Yeah. I think the pandemic really didn't help anyone for even people that, for people that never struggled with mental health before the pandemic really, um, mess with people's heads and that's probably influenced the athletes I mean they've been professional athletes for so long and a professional in their sport and it's really hard for them to be able to do that but I mean it did also show that athletes are also humans like we should know this already but it was just nice to see another side and um, people to recognize that they are human and you know sometimes you just need to step back very well said. I'm going to take us to uh, the, back to the Olympics and kind of a story that came out and just really reiterated why the Olympics happen, what the, the Olympic movement and spirit is all about. Uh, Jamaican hurdle sprinter Hansel mm-hmm. Parchment got on the rum bus. Very confusing, especially during the <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> where to go, what bus to take. There are many venues that are not close together. And so we got on the Ron bus and realized he was way not in the right area. And there was no way for him to take another bus back to get to the athletic center in order to beat at his next race uh, on time where a lovely volunteer (laughs) gave him money to take a taxi so that he got there he got there with minutes to spare to check in he ended up winning the gold medal in the 110 meter hurdles and he went back to that volunteer uh, to thank her so very much for her kind generosity uh, because without her he would not have won the medal Uh, he did not give her the medal um, but he gave her a bunch of uh, Jamaican swag Team Jamaica gear, uh, and she got a free trip to Jamaica from the tourism minister, and uh, is an honorary uh, Team Jamaica member. And, that's just uh, a sweet story. It, you know, absolutely. That's, that's part of the reason why I started this podcast to highlight stories like that that make sport so good. And there's always a story that comes out of the Olympics that features people from the area and that help the athletes or athletes helping other athletes. And that's part of the reason why the Olympics were started. Of course, competition to see who's the best, but the Olympic spirit is what they talk about. And it's hard to describe until you get stories like this that showcase humanity at its best, people helping people to realize other people's dreams and being able to thank those people that help you get there. And, uh, that's one of the stories that uh, always kept in my mind since the summer. Uh, so it, it just had to appear on my list. Uh, Kenzie, what is your number two? Um, an audible, actually. It's the same as Cole and Sophie. It's athletes' mental health. Um, Simone Biles, Naomi Osaka, just to name a couple. Um, you also have Jonathan Druin in the hockey world. Stepped away from the Montreal Canadiens. Jonathan Taves as well. Yep. Yeah. Many, many athletes we can name that have stepped away over the years just to focus on themselves. It's becoming 
more prevalent that uh, mental health is talked about. I've struggled myself with issues in the past. Um, I have friends that struggle with mental health currently, also in the past. Um, yeah, it's it's becoming more acceptable to talk about and seeing these athletes do it just puts puts more on regular people like us to talk about it. If they can do it and they're these big superheroes, then we should be able to do it too. Can't say and anything that hasn't been said about that. That is, I feel like a jerk not having it on my list, but. That's kind of funny that three of us had it at the exact same number. Yeah. <laughs> like not just like in the top five, but like at number two. All right. We've reached our number ones. Sophie, take it away. What is your number one moment? I'm really excited to talk about this. Of um, 2021. <laughs> uh, it was because it was kind of just recent and just following it was really nice. Um, Charlie and Tiger Woods uh, played at the PNC Championship. So the it's like a father-son tournament, but there's also um, fathers that play with their daughters that play golf. But um, everyone knows that like Tiger Woods has is obviously very great at the sport of golf and his up and down, like whatever happens off the course, but he had that serious car accident at the beginning of 2021. Um, he stayed, like he didn't have any press conferences for a very long time. And then he came back, like his leg was almost amputated. We don't know if he's going to be back to ever playing how he was, but when everyone was excited to see him come back to golf, he stated like he's, he's at the championship with his son. Like he's there to watch his son play. And Charlie was one of the youngest people there and he did phenomenal, like phenomenal. And they ended up finishing second. So it was just really nice to watch Tiger's kind of come back. Um, and it was really wholesome to watch his relationship with his son. And like, you can't get over those matching outfits and like they were wearing Sunday red together. Like, come on now, it was just cute. <laughs> Are we mad at the dailies for beating them or? Oh my God. No, I can't even no. be mad. It's like, so if you're on Instagram and like you see buddy who is like a bigger guy, looks like Santa Claus, really, let's be real. Um, smoke and darts, like just not giving a care in the world. And he like, come on now. That was pretty cool. Diet <laughs> Cokes and smoke and darts, just the, the American dream. Just yeah. John Daly is just a, a human that needs to be studied. Yeah, he's, and he's those razorback pants. Yes, athletically <laughs> talented and do all of that. <laughs> and his is his kid still on a golf scholarship, or did, has he graduated? I don't remember. John Daly's son. Yeah, I'm not sure with Daly's son. As I know he went. He, you know, as you smartly do, you use your athletic gift to get a free ride at school. <laughs> um. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm well. Both the kids, John Daly's son and well, Tiger even more. Just watching the comparison, even young Tiger comparing it it's, to Charlie is it's oh yeah, it's, it's unreal. The it's, side by side, um, he uh, there's so many clips of him like a little bit of trash talking in between. It's kind of funny because he's he, he's what 11 years old and like he is essentially what Tiger what was and or is he's going to be if he sticks with it like if he wants to um he can be really great and it was just kind of nice watching the two of them interact yeah 
if Charlie breaks the all-time record for for majors, I I would not be shocked. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. You broke up. Yeah. Cole, what is your number one moment? <laughs> uh, I got to say, Audible. You already said it. Um, Team Canada women's soccer, Slaying the Dragon, winning that incredible shootout gold medal against Sweden. Like, that was for the picture books. That was finally what they needed to do. Uh, I remember I got to work early uh, with my staff or my fellow coworkers, we all went downstairs and watched it on the big projector all morning. And it was just so intense. By the end of it, we were all standing up watching it and cheering. It was, it was what like, kind of dreams were made of for them. And so happy to see them finally get that. I guess I will, uh, I'll add to that because my number one is Soccer Canada dominance in general. Um, but Kenzie, you were saying... Uh, you know, not finally having a team in the championship in the final, you know, obviously be experience like the winning, like them actually winning it is like a, another level on top of that. But just having your team make the finals, you know, Ottawa made the finals in 07. Uh, that was, I was on a high for, for months on end. Uh, and then, you know, it sucks when they lose and you feel sad and you don't know what to do. But that feeling that they're in the finals, that the Canadian women's making it to the finals mean like, like, oh shit, like, and it brought everyone together. It was it two thirds of the country at one point watched the game. Yep. It brought yeah. a country together, something that hasn't been seen since 2014 when the men's gold medal game in ice hockey at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. It's one of those sporting events that in in due time, people are going to be like, oh, where were you when you watch? Did you watch this? Where were you? Because it, it's it's a moment. It, it's a heritage minute. It is just <laughs> something that has been years in the making with the core talent of the Canadian women's soccer team, a team that has been so good for so long and just almost right there two bronze medals before that uh always kind of being like oh they they get there but they're not over the hump they always had to you know deal with the americans and could never slay that dragon and so many athletes before that retired that weren't able to be a part of this gold medal team that helped them get to this point uh it's just it was a win for them it was a win for the program uh, it was a win for John Herdman, who had coached them and tur- really turned them into the powerhouse that they are. I think they should be ranked number one in FIFA women's rankings, but they're still, I think, number five, or the rankings will come out, but I believe they'll sit at five or six. But just the culmination of that, and you know, can they carry it over to the to the women's world cup will christine sinclair stay on until that and let that be her final tournament will she reach 200 goals the greatest goal scorer in soccer period is christine sinclair a canadian whoever would have thought that um and just remarkable and in addition to that what cole said how the men's team has just turned it around 
gone from a laughing stock uh, in CONCACAF in the world of soccer to a top 40 nation and in a good position, not going to jinx anything, a good position <laughs> to qualify for the next World Cup, which is next year, or I guess this year. Oh my God, it's 2022. I this know. year <laughs> is just remarkable. For And I, I guess I've jumped on the bandwagon. I've gotten to see both the women's and the men's team play live. They are, it, it is a treat. And if you're not a soccer fan, start with women's soccer. I know people give the theatrics and, you know, men's professional soccer anyways, where there's lots of flopping and, but yeah, when, it's a men's thing. That's the theatrics. The it, women it's, just get, it's a men's the women thing, just get down sure. to it. <laughs> the women don't, don't do that. They, they just, they, they're there to play the, the theatrics and getting free kicks and all that. That's not what they're about. Uh, so, and especially even when it comes to nations, there's less flopping because you, you have a country behind it. It's not a, oh, we lost this game. You know, we got 37 more of them. It's you lose a certain amount in qualifying or you lose, you get three guaranteed games at the World Cup. That's it. So there, everything is on a microscope. Every major tournament for your nation, qualifying every match matters. So there, there's more at stake. And I, I think there's been a culture change. We have Jonathan David and Jonathan Davies, not to get them confused, uh, two great players. Uh, hell, we beat Mexico in the cold. They used the cold to their advantage the same way Canada's, uh, how they qualified for their only World Cup to date. They played in Newfoundland in April against a uh, Panama or Costa Rica where players had never seen snow and Canada won that match, went to the world cup and didn't score a goal. But uh, (laughs) I think there's been a real shift in athletes doing more than just hockey. Uh, You know, we've seen the big shift in basketball, how many Canadians are in the NBA now and how Canada basketball is really, they almost qualified for the Olympics last year. Uh, if all the NBA players could arrive, I think they would have been able to, to qualify. But in 2024, in the next World Cup for basketball, swimming, soccer, track and field, we're, we're seeing a rise in uh, Canadian athletes. And I think soccer is just the, the focal point because we were so horrible on the men's side for so long. <laughs> and it's just good to have the women's and the men's side competing at such a high level and really executing that. And uh, I I guess that surprised me the most, uh, which is why it uh, is my number one. It was a really good year for uh, Canadians in sports. Honestly, there was a lot of moments. All right, Kenzie, what is your number one? Uh, Canadian soccer. but uh yeah no canadian soccer both men's and women's um didn't really realize that the men's program had been going the way it had been going until i saw something a few weeks ago maybe it was that they had risen as far as they had um and then just going back and looking at their previous match records where they're beating teams not like 
not um, small country teams, but big <laughs> like Mexico. Um, beating those teams kind of says, hey, we're knocking on the door, we're here. Um, so to see the men's program, that's, that's just something that's amazing. Um, and then on the women's side, obviously the gold medal, the culmination of God knows how many years of hard work for those women and the previous teammates that they had that didn't achieve this gold. Um, just seeing Canadian soccer in a place like this, especially with all the young talent that they have as well. Um, it's good for the world stage. It's good for Canada. And it, yeah, my number one moment of the year, Canadian soccer. Nice. Great choice. Well, now I feel like the odd person out. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, let us know what you think uh, on our social media pages. Did we get it right? Did we forget an athlete? Uh, Did we forget a moment that should be talked about? Uh, Let us know. Send us an email if you're really angry. I've uh, yet to receive an angry email, so it's (laughs) bound to come sooner or later. Um, 2022. We are here in 2022. Uh, Give us something that you're looking forward to this year, uh, that you're really excited for, uh, that will happen in the next 360 days, because we're six days into the year. Um. Was that to me? Um, I just got into golf last year, so I'm really excited to start paying attention to watching the majors. And there's a lot of up and coming golfers and it's a pretty even field. So you never really know who's going to win. It's never heavily favored on one person. So I'm excited to watch golf this year. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say another thing uh, to watch the Olympics, Winter Olympics. Um, It's going to be a great year for sports. Yeah, it's going to be a wild card Olympics, that's for sure. I'm excited for it, though. Uh, playoffs for NFL are just around the corner. Uh, it's just sports are just starting to get good and starting to heat up. And can't wait to see what's next. Personally, one thing I'm looking forward to, it's in the hockey world. A couple things, a Tampa Bay three-peat potentially <laughs> happening. Because let's be honest, they're good again and they could. They really could, especially yep. if they get everybody back healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, and this is more of a selfish wish, is the Montreal Canadiens getting the first dr- first overall draft pick <laughs> and selecting Shane <laughs> because we are dog water this year. Absolute I'm dog water. Pretty sure she'll be in contention with Chicago, so let's be real. Um, it's not a good year yeah, for either of us. Coyotes are obviously tanking, so I feel like Hockey Karma is going to bite them. <laughs> Montreal's going to get the pick. So <laughs> that's what I'm looking forward to this year. And nice. obviously the Olympics, that'll be, that's always entertaining. So I will say this, my prediction for 2022, a Canadian team will get the first overall pick. I don't know which one because <laughs> every, every team is up and down. If half your team's on the COVID list and you lose 10 games, well, that kind of puts a damper on things, no matter how good you were up until that point. I'm excited for the Olympics. I'm not excited for how much uh, sleep I will lose uh, because of the time difference. Um, But uh, you know what? I do that to myself. Um, But I do it for the fans too. You know, got to keep you guys in the know. Uh, For the greater good. For the greater good, you know. Um, 
and uh the you know it the two things are how are they going to pull off uh an olympics uh a winter olympics um in china what's that going to look like and what is a world cup in qatar going to look like in december or november because it's way too hot to play it in the summertime when they bid they bid to have these hovercrafts that would go over stadiums and provide uh, air conditioning and block the sun obviously uh they didn't have to do that just move it to november where it's not as hot this is also the last world cup where the traditional uh format is because in 2026 when it's in north america canada us and mexico so you can go to world cup games uh the field is expanding to 48 teams which is a buttload of countries Mm -hmm. so if canada can uh you know qualify for this one that was the question like would canada get a uh automatic buy in 2026 because there have been dog poop well this is proving that uh you know they don't have to have a pity uh bid into the world cup so what does a qatar november world cup looks like uh what are all the majors going to look like from tennis to golf uh because we're in the changing of the guard in, in tennis the big three are getting up there i'm sure they'll keep winning but we have so many young ones and so many young golfers that have come up watching tiger phil um sergio all the all the old greats uh, are coming up and you're hearing names you're like who the heck is that where are they from and then you see their age and you're like oh they're just getting started yeah <laughs> so it's it's going to be a year of a lot of firsts and uh i think a very exciting year so kenzie cole sophie thank you so much for uh recapping the year bringing us down memory lane and uh let's hope for another great year in sports and we can all celebrate together very very soon uh from around the country of Canada and wherever you're listening to around the world in uh, one of 10 countries, which this podcast is listened to. Thank you so much for continuing support. Look at us, look us up on social media, sports United podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's there, but I don't really use Twitter uh, sports night podcast at gmail.com. We will have another giveaway to do with the Olympics coming up very, very soon. So stay tuned for that. And as always, stay safe and sport on.